you're still a business. So you have to be business minded. And if you're not, then hire somebody to do it for you. Otherwise it's gonna be a flop. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to episode seven of Digital Marketing Masters. I'm Jeremy Marcotte, your host, and I'm here with Matt Rouse. Say hi, Matt. Hello. All right. And today we're going to be talking with Tracy Hicks from the All Things Real Estate Store about building your brand. And we're also going to chat a lot about Instagram and Facebook. So just bear with us on that. So hi, Tracy. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave it to Matt to ask some questions. So Sure. So the first thing I want to do is ask you to explain to everybody who you are and maybe a little bit about your background and the real estate store. Perfect. So I'm Tracy Hicks at All Things Real Estate. And I was a realtor for, well, I was a realtor for 12 years and that was 14 years ago. So I realtored for 12 years and then needed more fun, good stuff in the real estate market. All of us did. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So I created All Things Real Estate. So we sell realtor products, real estate products, promo items, signage, but they're super fun and cute and all that good stuff. And it sounds weird telling you because you already know all this stuff, but of I course know the people weird. listening so. don't. So One thing that I see with the real estate store and kind of part of the reason that we've been able to kind of have the success that you have, to have the big following that you have, is that you have really, really good rapport and really good engagement with your audience. Yes. And because of that, you've been able to build that audience. Absolutely. And so kind of one of the big things I wanted to talk about today is how did you develop that personal brand and like, how did you connect with people at the start? Because, I mean, everybody started with no fans, right, right? Right, So how did you kind of get the ball rolling there? In the very beginning, we did not know what we were doing. I've never done an e-commerce store. I went from working with kids and being in the restaurant business for all of my life and then became a, you know, a realtor. And so e-commerce, selling products, retail, all of that was new to me. Luckily... We have things like Shopify, and I know there's other platforms, but Shopify is the e-commerce platform we chose, which is amazing. I mean, it literally, it walks you through everything. It teaches you everything. I can learn tech stuff really pretty easily, but Shopify makes it all the more easier. So with not having to learn all that stuff, then I could really focus on what I really love to do, which is the marketing. And so the thing that's funny for us is that we sell products to help realtors market themselves, right? But we also have to do it in our own business. So what always happens? Like the contractor's house is always busted up and raggedy right. because they're too busy contracting everybody else's stuff. So it's kind of the same for us, but we have, we try really hard. Customer service is a huge, huge thing for us. Realtors get bossed around all day by people. And so we want to make sure that their experience with us is really good. Even just, you know, shopping, even if they're buying a sign, we want to make sure that they're taken care of and that they feel good about it, but also that we can help them with their marketing. Okay, you bought a sign on Open House Sunday. Take this sign out, put it out on Wednesday, and let people know a few days ahead of time that you're going to have an open house. So things like that. So it's more to us than just selling products for sure. And I would say in the beginning, we started with Instagram and Facebook, we hired a company that didn't work out and they weren't doing what we wanted them to do, which was get realtors to our site. But we learned a lot from those mistakes and uh, luckily found you. <laughs> Matt does our Facebook ads for us. And that changed the game because having Facebook ads and boosting posts, you know, are two very different things. And that's, that's something that we not only had to learn, but also you know, had to hire out for that. So that helped us engage with our customers in a, in a better way because we didn't have to worry about that stuff. So we talked to, um, I talked to all of my Instagram followers uh, when they send a message, it's me responding. They'll tell us or ask us to develop a new product or have you thought of this or that. So really it's a, it's, it's a relationship. I right. feel like I'm in a relationship with all my customers. <laughs> Well, and I mean, you should, right? Yeah. So yep. 
there is, and I know we've talked about this a little bit on past episodes, and I mean, I wrote a whole book about it, yep. right? Yep. That there is a, it's a customer service desert out there, <laughs> right? Really There's a few little oasises, you know, or yep. is, is it oasises? Oasis. 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 I don't know. <laughs> oh, there is some, Google. some little plots out there where you can find good customer service, but they're yeah. rare now. Yeah. Right? And people expect it, you know. And the thing about customer service for us, too, is because we mess up. You know, we make mistakes, too. And... People get upset and we feel like we try so hard on the customer service so that when we do get an upset customer, we want to make sure that we fix it and make it right. But we also have a good, solid foundation for having good customer service. So we feel it feels a lot easier going into that because if we had angry customers all the time, then it would really suck, right? And I think that because we have that good, solid foundation for good customer service, that it makes it a lot easier to to handle those other customers because we feel pretty proud that, you know, and we even say that we pride ourselves in customer service because we do. Right. And because I handle your advertising, I can see the messages, right? Mm-hmm. And I see you guys helping people out. And really, at the end of the day, of course, there's always going to be something got miscommunicated, something yeah. didn't get printed, whatever yeah. the reason is, right? Mm-hmm. But how you approach that interaction after yeah. is the difference between that customer going out and telling everybody that you suck yes. or that customer going out and telling other people that you fixed the problem yes. or maybe just them not saying anything, Yes, which is better than them going and telling everybody what an a-hole you are, right? right? right. Because that's what you don't want, right? Totally. And uh, one thing that we've talked about just briefly mentioned in the past is dark social. Yeah. Dark social is the fancy <laughs> marketing word for word of mouth online where you cannot hear the conversation. Right. That's WhatsApp, Messenger, text messages, DMs, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Where Facebook. they're talking to each other. Yeah, Facebook where you're not friends with them. Or when they're putting it on their profile page that right. this company just did this so and they they're go, upset. Yeah, I can't believe that whatever airline yes. jacked me off my flight that right. I got to get on. and <laughs> You know what I'm saying. You'll be all right, hey, Jeremy. Um yeah, I'll be fine. No, it's punctuation. They didn't, they didn't jack you off on your flight. It was they I, they t- took you off of the flight. They screwed uh, up. Yeah, yeah, they but jacked I mean, me when off my somebody, flight. Here's what I see a lot. Okay, and I know I hate to pick on restaurants, but it's easy because there's so many restaurants. People well, go, to go to them to, so often. Yeah. There's so many interactions. There's yes. so much staff that there's there's problems all the time. Right. But somebody will put it on their Facebook, and they'll be like. I can't believe what happened today. And then they tell this story. Mm -hmm. It's a story that you can relate to. And the end of it means this place sucks. Don't go there. Mm -hmm. And you know what happens is this is the first story in quotes that this person has ever posted on Facebook because everything else is like, you know, here's some photos from my vacation. And I shared some garbage that somebody else did about politics. And then they're like, here's a story. Now everyone reads the story. Yeah. Yep. So it's really bad, right? Well, and I know you've talked about in reviews too, you know, yeah. you know, reviews are they're important to have, obviously, but they're also important to respond to. And I know you've talked about, you know, being able to get bad reviews off if they're not legit. But on Facebook, when people get upset, they do turn to social media because they feel yeah. empowered to express their unhappiness. So we respond to every message and you know what? Sometimes the customer's not right and they're just angry and they want to place blame. And so we have to very carefully explain, you know, I mean, we've even had people get mad at us that never even ordered from us. Right. I mean, that thought they ordered from us and it wasn't us. It was another company. And so, you know, we would have to respond to that. Sometimes we'll respond and they will take the review off, but Either way, I mean, what do you do when you see a bad review? You see how the company responded. Right. That's the first thing you look at. And so I think that um, it's, you know, obviously that's really important. And sometimes you get into a pissing match and you're going back and forth and you're like, okay, this is ridiculous. I've had a few customers that that have been like that. And you know what? Not everybody is for us. Right. And we're not for everybody. And that's okay, too. But we have a responsibility as a company to make sure that our customers are getting the best customer service from beginning to end. And our marketing prior to that has a lot to do with it. We repost all of our customers' posts, and they love that. And, you know, we want to love on them as much as they're loving on us. So, yeah, customer service is the number one thing that you have to nurture and have. (laughs) Yeah, well, it is. And talking about that on episode one was actually about reviews. Yeah. And uh, there's a, a misunderstanding when we say, 
don't respond to a negative review. Yeah. We mean if it's on Yelp or Google, don't respond to it until you see if you can flag it to get it removed. Yeah. But if that's not going to be possible, then you respond. Right. 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 And my customer base, like, obviously, when I'm talking, even right now, you know, I have realtors in mind, and, and I'm that's who I'm always thinking about. And when I'm thinking about my marketing or my customer service, I'm also thinking about theirs as a real estate agent. And realtors don't always think about this, but they have customer service, too. I mean, that you know, they think of it in a different way because it's a client. It's right. it's a person. But it's still, you're still providing them a service and you're still providing them customer service. So it's the same for them all the way from beginning to end. And communication is obviously the biggest part of all of that. And as long as you're communicating with your client, you're giving them good customer service because that's what they need, especially, you know, in real estate. They're buying houses. It's a big deal. Right. It's one of the biggest financial transactions that most people will ever do. Right. And you hear realtors say that all the time. And you don't do it very Next often. Next to getting divorced. <laughs> I apparently, I heard from our divorce lawyer client. Oh, no. He's a family lawyer, right? And that's yeah. the most expensive yeah, transaction you'll make in your life. that's the most expensive one. It's most expensive. Yeah. Well, but and, anyways, but, houses are second to, to right, but getting rid of your spouse. The other thing, too, and it's the same with divorce and death and things like that, is you don't know anything about it until you have to deal with it until you experience it how many times do you buy a house in your lifetime you know and usually if you've bought two the first time you bought was 10 20 years ago and so you're not going to remember all of that and so as as real estate agents you know they have to keep all that in mind and i and that's another thing we try to talk about in our marketing is educating And it's up to real estate agents to educate on everything they do because people think that they just go look at cute houses, beautiful houses, and then pick up a check at the end. And obviously that's not the case. And a lot of people think, you know, oh, I can do that. I just have to negotiate and fill out some paperwork or whatever. But are you going to do your own brain surgery? I mean, it's the same thing. So, yeah, I think that, you know, you just have to keep that in the forefront all the time. Yeah, there's a... I think it was NAR that actually did the study. It's National Association of Realtors that people who worked without a realtor on average got, I think it was 6% less uh, on their home when like after when they were selling. Mm-hmm. And that's the average, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. I mean, half the people did even worse than that. Right. Right. And that's another thing, too, to think about when you're educating people or when you're when you're giving statistics like that as a part of your marketing or if you put it on Instagram, you really want to make sure you're being as positive about it so it doesn't look like you're bashing other people to make you look right. good because that's not cute. So when I say education about what realtors can do in their in their social media, I'm telling them all the time, like, if you're at a home inspection, show the inspector under the house and, you know, or searching for an oil tank, which is a common thing right. in Portland um, that people may not know. And even people that are moving to Portland, they don't know to search for an oil tank or have a sewer scope, things like that. So, you know, talk about that in your talk about your daily realtor routines on your social media. Not only does that give you instant content, but it's also helping the greater good of real right. estate. And that is letting people know that they work their asses off. It's a hard job. It's not so easy. I live in a neighborhood that has on average three and four bedroom homes. Mm-hmm. They are generally a little bit lower priced, not like the lowest in the city kind of thing, but a little bit lower. And they're kind of single family homes. So they're usually people's first or second kind of home, like, or their first one after they start a family. Family, yeah. Right. So maybe they had a smaller one, they move up to that, or mm-hmm. they just waited till that point to get a house. So there's 180 something houses in our HOA and about, I believe it was 20 of them turned over in the last year. So we're talking 10% of our whole development in a year. You know how much- How long has the development been there? uh, 2006, I think it started. But the important part of what I'm getting to is, do you know how much of these things you're talking about that I've seen from realtors? Right. And the answer is zero. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Right. So no one is doing this stuff. I know that when you hear about it, right, mm-hmm. when you're a realtor and you go to courses or you go, you know, listen to stuff online, you're going to watch Grant Cardone or something, and you're like hearing him saying all these things, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, all the realtors are doing it, so why am I going to go do it? Mm-hmm. The truth is nobody does it, right? Right. right. Like the amount of people who actually execute on the strategy is less than 1%, yes. uh, usually, yeah. right? Yeah. So here's a fun fact. <laughs> 
the amount of online courses that are sold, all of them combined. Okay. Guess how many people complete them compared to how many people purchase them? Complete? Yeah. I'm going to go 18%. 8%. Oh. <laughs> I was close. There's an 8 50% in there. 50% of people who buy them never get through the first page or first video. Wow. So you're talking about... Is that because the courses suck or because maybe? I they don't know. just... I think it's a combination. Yeah. A lot of people call it click-click entertainment. You right. go through and you're like, I'm learning. Oh, this is cool. Yeah. But you're not really learning, I think, because you're just like, cool. I'm going to write a book someday. So I'm going to go take a learn to write a book course. And then never write a book. Yeah. So yeah. the easiest way, I'll tell you, I've written several books. You know what the first thing you do with a book is? Open up your word processor and process or just type something. Right. Right? Like, what's the idea for your book? Right. Type it in. Yeah. Now, you've gotten farther than almost every person <laughs> on the planet, oh, no. right? Because you have something <laughs> on paper. Right. Well, and the other thing, too, when you talk about nobody's marketing to you and realtors that have listed or whatever, are they're buying or they live in the neighborhood or whatever it is. Because that's the thing about the real estate world, the behind the scenes and marketing is everybody's always telling you what you should do, what you need to do. You have coaches, you've got all these online things. The bottom line is that you need to do what what you like to do and what works for you. If you're not a postcard type of person, then don't send postcards. If you're not a pop by type of person, then don't try to do pop buys because you're never going to do it. It's right. the same thing as what you're saying about the online courses. Mm -hmm. If you're giving yourself a goal because somebody told you you needed to do that, you're not ever going to do it. And then you're just always going to feel like you had you have something to do because it's on your to-do list. But you're not going right. to do it because you don't like to do that. Find what you like to do. Um, you know, if you have a dog, walk your dog through the neighborhood. And, you know, maybe there's a fun, cute uh, Greg. What's Greg's? Uh, dang, I'm having a brain. Um, In Chicago, pet-friendly real estate? No, no, no. Um, his uh, lives that he does all the time that we were just talking about him. Oh, my gosh. He's going to kill me. Oh, candy box Greg? No, the other one. Oh. How many Gregs do you know? I we know, know a lot right? of Gregs. Oh, my gosh. He's totally going to kill me. He, so Is it the one with the curb appeal one that makes the shirt? No. No, it'll come to me. Okay. Sorry, Greg. Um, but, you know, he does, he cold calls people. Oh, okay. You know, Greg McDaniel. Thank you. From What's Real his? Estate Unlimited or Uncensored. Um, uncensored. Thank you. Shout out, Greg. Yeah, I was watching his live <laughs> feed last night. I was watching that yes. class that they did, so a seller's class. What Greg does is he calls, he, call, he does the cold calls and he calls people live on Facebook, and people love it. I mean, realtors love it. I watch it. I I'm not even a realtor. I can't do it. I can't, it makes <laughs> me cringe. I'm like, I don't know. I tell them all the time. I don't know how you do that. It just terrifies me to call, right. cold call people. But obviously, practice makes perfect with everything. But that's his thing, and that's what he does. And he gets business off of it because that's his thing. And then, of course, the other thing that I'm always saying is that you – and it's the same for us – is that we have our people, our tribe, our people that love us. And those are the people we want to focus on. And, yeah, we want to get new clients in and same, same with realtors. But if you're an engineer type of person, then don't try to go market to hippies or whatever. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like there is enough people. You only need so many deals a year. You only need so many people. And then your business will – grow organically and naturally you won't have to work so hard at it because right. you're doing what you love and you're doing the things that come easy to you because you're good at them it's the same thing do what you're good at and hire out what you're not and track where your referrals come from yes at least two levels yeah and i so can't don't, not just one level but where did the person who referred you <laughs> yes. where did they get referred from also? have a crm and right? i can't <laughs> preach that because i was a realtor I think it was my eighth year that I finally wrote all my people down on an Excel sheet. And I'm right. whispering right now because it was, a you know, but I couldn't, I wasn't organized. And I wish that somebody would have told me that a long time. I mean, people do say it in passing, like you should have this or that. But that is a really important part is follow up and all that good stuff. So For sure it is. Do something that will help you organize that so that you don't have to worry about it all the time. Right. Yeah. So I know a fantastic referral driving tactic <laughs> And this has nothing to do with social media. I know we're talking about branding and yeah, social yeah. media. So everybody, when you get a referral, you're sending them some kind of thank you card or mm -hmm. gift. If you're not, like, I don't even know where to start. Just turn it off now. It's all right. over. <laughs> Shut off the podcast. Go do something else. I'm just kidding. But when you send them a, th a thank you gift or, or, or a referral, right, from the client, okay, so let's say you have a client who's a buyer. They buy a house, transaction's done, you're sending them a thank you card and a gift, right? Like a closing gift. Mm -hmm. Also, 
have another thank you card that you write the address and the name of the person who referred them to you. Yes. Write that on. Yeah. And give them the card already pre-filled out. All they have to do is write the note in it yeah. and stick it in, and then you can take it and mail it for them. Nice. Or they can just drop it in the mail because you put a stamp on it already. Yeah. And then you also mail the person who referred them a card and a closing gift. Nice. To say that you helped these people successfully, you know, buy their house. Right. And, and even better, take a picture of those people and send it to the person who referred holding them. Holding one of our testimonial holding props. Holding one of All Things Real Estate <laughs> testimonial prop, customized with your logo. With your name. So now what happens is the person who referred them to you is going to get a closing gift a picture of the happy people that they've they referred, referred them to, to, and two thank you cards, one from you and one, one from, from the them. Pe- one from them. That's awesome. So the next time that somebody tells them, oh, you know what? I was thinking about buying a house. They're like, go I talk to Tracy. I got somebody for you. Right? Yeah. yeah. And also the person who you gave the closing gift to and you gave them the thank you card to send knows okay. that if they refer someone else to you, yes, they're, gonna they're get... also going to get a card yeah. from you and from the person who referred. they refer to yeah. because the other person who referred them is going to tell them, oh, my God, you won't believe. Thank you for the card you sent me in. Yeah, totally. So it's like it's about staying in front. You your uh, referral. Right. Ooh. And it's, it's about staying in front of people all the time. So here's some magical math. I know everybody loves math. Mm. Okay. My favorite thing. One person is your client and they send you one referral, right? Okay. And that new one client sends you one referral. Right. means you have a referral rate of 100%. Right. Right? <laughs> yes. So you will never run out of clients. Right. Because right? you're at 100%. You will have that same amount of clients forever. But you want to grow your business. Sure. Then let's say you use the double thank you card system. Yeah. And that increases your referrals by 10%. That means every 10 customers, you're gaining another one. Then you've got 11 customers. And those 11 customers, right. now you're going to end up with 12 Tw- customers. Right. And now your business is going to grow by 10% every however long it takes for people to refer to you. Totally. So let's say it's one referral per quarter, yep. right? Yeah. Then, you know, every couple of years you're getting an extra one and that who is also referring you more and more and more. Right. Let's say it increases at 50%. Now you really got something. Right. Um, well, and people, like, I wasn't a referral type of realtor i was but not it wasn't in the forefront of my mind or in my marketing but obviously i mean referrals are always a big thing i mean that's the number one thing that agents hear is referral they put it in their email (laughs) their signature but it's one thing to just ask for a referral it's another thing to to go above and beyond and take that extra step and i think that that's where your mind has to be your mindset has to be you have to actively seek referrals It'll happen organically, but it won't happen as much yes. if you don't actively go for it. Exactly. So do something. Let's do some more fun math. We'll keep <laughs> it simple, not. though. <laughs> How much does the average real estate agent pay for a lead? I have no idea. So in Portland, on average, it's around $56 to get a lead. Like a Zillow like or something? Just or? like any kind of lead, right? From any source. Oh. If you put them all into the into the pool and you divide it okay. by the amount of money they spent, it's about 56 bucks to get a lead. Usually they need four leads to get someone under contract. Right. Right. So you're, you're talking about $200 and change mm-hmm. just to get started with someone on a transaction that may not complete. So the cost of getting a testimonial prop that you can take pictures with right. so that your clients will share it to all of their friends right. is almost nothing. Right. Like, because you can use it over and over and over, mm-hmm. right? And the same with like sending another thank you card or giving right. somebody like a homebuyer journal or something that they're mm-hmm. going to show their friends. Any of these things that you do, they increase the amount of referrals you get and they decrease the cost of generating business, which means you make more money. That's the whole point, right? right. I mean... Yeah, everybody wants to help everybody get into a nice house, but you still have to make money. Well, and I run into the same problem that realtors do, and that is you don't want to sound too salesy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And exactly what you just said, and this is another thing about referrals and things like that, you're referring me right now. I mean, saying the stuff about our products. And so I much prefer that than me telling people that. But I can also tell people that in a different way. I just, you have to kind of find your voice and and be comfortable with it and and do it. Obviously, consistency is a huge thing. And I 
my thing this year is practicing what I preach because I haven't been. I, I tell realtors all the time, you got to go live and you got to do this. Right. And then I'm not doing it. So I think I said that earlier, too, because I made the contractor reference. So clearly that is on my brain. But, yeah, I think that with realtors, again, going back to the salesy thing, doing it in the way that works naturally for you is you're still you are a salesperson. You're a real estate agent. You have to sell yourself. Otherwise, you have no income. So I think it's changing the mindset and just making it work for you and doing what works for you, I think, is kind of what we've been saying for the last. Right. You're not going to build a brand if you're doing a bunch of different things. But it's okay to do a bunch of different things to start out because you don't know what's going to work. Figure it out. You don't know what's going to work for you. And then it clicks. I met with a friend of mine last night for drinks. I'm not going to name any names because she has this fantastic idea that I promised I wouldn't tell. But what I will tell you is that it's taken her a long time to figure out. And it naturally happened. And I could see it because I've known her for a while and I know her and her business. And I was like, duh. And But it took her a while to get there. But she had to get there on her own, yeah. mm-hmm. in her own way. It's the same. That's the same for anything else. But it naturally happened for her because that's who she is as an agent. Right. So it was really exciting. I was excited for her that this was happening. And um, sh- some she's also, it's a manifesting thing too. You know, when you're working on something like that, you bring people into the fold and into your world that are of the same minded, you know, and it only benefits you. And then you have to, but you have to go you, back. You have to work with it. Right. You know what I'm saying? You have to recognize it and work with it. And that's sometimes hard for us to do. When you say yes to those things like the events yes. or the meetings or the going for drinks with somebody or yep. lunch with somebody to talk about their business. Exactly and, that. And then sooner or later, the more of those things you do, you look back and you go, those were the things that made the difference between a mediocre business right. and really breaking out from the crowd is, yes. is those relationships and those things that you learn meeting with those people. Yep. It's absolutely valuable. Yeah. And we're not talking just about real estate agents too, right? Right. And then I know it's all things real estate store, but I mean, I bought that uh, garage sale sign, kicked ass <laughs> right. at my garage sale hey. in the summer, right? Because it was cute. Because I had a cute garage sale <laughs> sign and everybody else's sign was one of those shitty ones from Home Depot, That they right? wrote on. That they, yeah, they the wrote on with a Sharpie that was blue. <laughs> or their two-year-old did. And it, yeah, and then it washed off in the rain. <laughs> right. But not just that. Like what I'm saying is I don't care if you're a plumber. We, we use the plumber reference like every episode, right? <laughs> yeah. We should just change it to the plumbing <laughs> Digital How to market plumbing. your plumbing business. <laughs> Digital plumbing with Matt oh, Rouse. No, and, no so it doesn't matter if you're a service-based industry or you're a restaurant or you have, you know, a business selling widgets. I don't give a shit what it is. Here's the thing. If you're putting out content that's about, it doesn't necessarily have to be behind the scenes, but it's got to be about what you do. Right. right. So there's always interesting things about what everybody does. Yeah. Like even the most boring sounding things in the world, they do have interesting things that they do. Otherwise, nobody would be doing it for Mm -hmm. starters. But the other thing is there's a really cool way if you're not good at social media or at least you don't think that you're good at social media. Here's a trick. So go on Facebook, make a private group. So you just go to facebook.com slash groups. Click on create, and you'll, it'll create a group and make it secret. That means nobody can get in there without you telling them, right. and nobody can search for it and find it. But you have to add one person, right? You don't have to. Just yourself is enough. Oh, really? Yeah. Because you told me this trick, and I added Haley and Nona, and then I had to, well, go ahead. That's fine. Tell you. <laughs> so then once you're in the group, then you put your posts and stuff that you want to try out yeah. in the group, and then invite a few people that you know and trust to yeah. come in and give you some feedback on it. So I use that and you trick. you can do it without showing everyone. Right. I did that. I did that trick for my lives when I first started doing lives and we were trying to figure out the lighting and the sound quality and things like that. And, mm-hmm. but I added Haley and Dota, so they were always right. making fun of me, but um, now I know I can kick didn't. them out. I'm kicking you yeah, out of the group. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Kick but everybody is, out of the group. But it helps. Cause then you can, you know, we always criticize ourselves, but there's some things that you can be critical of. Another um, good example of that is my friend um, Tamara, who owns Consign Couture out in Lake Oswego. It's a secondhand consignment shop for, and she never did lives. And she knows, she's like, you do them all the time. I I really don't, but you know, depends on where I'm at in your Facebook feed or whatever. Maybe every time I do a live, it pops up for her. But um, so first of all, A, she recognized that, that I do them. And, um, and 
she was like, I need to start doing them. I was like, girl, I've been telling you, you need to do that because she has a clothing store. I was like, all you have to do is show a cute pair of pants or a cute purse and it's going to sell like that because people get to see it in your hand. It's the same with us and our products. Like people need to see what they, what it looks like. They're like, oh, that's what that is made out of. I wondered because a lot of our products people have never seen before. Right. But she did a she did a live and she was like, okay, I did my first live. Will you please go in there and like, tell me what you think. And I was able to go in there and honestly tell her stuff that I thought would really benefit her, stuff that I'm sure that nobody else would have told her. Right. They'd been like, girl, you were great. That yeah. was awesome. And I was like, you were great and awesome. Here's a few things that you can do next time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it keeps that, you know, you need friends like that. I need friends like that to tell me. And um, so she, I got a message from her last night saying, oh my gosh, it's totally working. I am selling right. stuff like crazy. Nice. And she said, I'm way more comfortable in front of the camera because before she didn't want to be in front of the camera. And uh, she's like, I'm super, and this is like literally only in like a week or two. And I kept telling her, just keep doing it, keep doing it. It'll get a lot easier. It'll be natural. It won't, you know, ever, just like you said, everybody starts off with zero right. followers. And, um, you know, we, we have a lot now, but we worked really hard at that, and it's all about engagement. I talk to every person, mm-hmm. all of the comments, and that's what she's doing on her live. You just go back and answer, you know, answer all those questions. Don't leave anybody behind because if you leave somebody behind, they're gonna see that. They're gonna be like, right. oh, you answered everybody else, or you liked everybody else's comment, but not mine. But not mine. And so really double check that kind of stuff. But anyway, so she was really excited and sent me a message last night, and she was like, thank you so much. That was yeah. If you, you know, have like a you know, somebody else who works at your store with you, right? Like, you're not the only one. Yeah. Yep. Can, she like, brings Jeremy's her on the laptop, in. and he can answer any questions yep. that come up in the live feed while we're doing this, right? Right, right. Or you can have, if you're selling stuff online, you can have a virtual assistant who mm-hmm. could go in, and they can answer people's questions. And then they can also, like, send you a message or something, and, like, right. a direct message. They can be like, oh, hey, Jim asked, yeah. what about the blah, blah, blah? And you could answer that question, mm-hmm. you know, in your live feed while you're going without having to do this, right, where you stop. And you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Oh, hi, Jim. I hate that. And you got to like spend two minutes of dead air yeah, while you try and read it's it. It's the worst. I mean, it's the same in the beginning. Like, you know, you're waiting for people to come on. But don't think of your live as always that time because it goes back on and you get a lot more. I and mean, Matt makes us do live stuff because it boosts it helps our ads absolutely so, so there was a about study that, about that that just, just right came out right <laughs> so there's a study that just came out purple hippo i believe is the name of the company they're a copywriting company i've heard of them they sell like digital ebooks and yeah, stuff for yeah, like yeah. nutrition and like yeah. people who are influencers in like the fitness space okay so anyway the people that did one live a week and had good engagement on it uh-huh Compared to the people who had almost no engagement and didn't do any lives, okay, the discount in their advertising, like the, well, I'll talk about that in a sec, but the discount was almost 60%. Wow. So that means in the marketing world, CPM is the metric of how you reach people. That's how much does it cost to reach 1,000 people? Okay, guys, this is why I hire Matt because I have right. no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> so the cost to reach 1,000 people <laughs> on Facebook is on average it's twenty six dollars okay. to reach a thousand people. Yeah. Okay. When you do live episodes and things like that, mm-hmm. we've got that well under that. Like we're probably sub sixteen. So guess bucks who's most doing of lots time. of Facebook ads over here? That's right. <laughs> but when you have someone who has almost no engagement at all, right, that goes up to like forty eight dollars. Yeah. So, but you're still reaching the same thousand people. Yeah. So if you want to reach a thousand people, do you want to pay forty eight bucks or right. do you want to pay sixteen bucks? Well, and here's the funny thing about that is that we've been doing, I was doing lives last year and we were just, you know, randomly doing it like, okay, we got to do a live, we got to right. do a live. What are we going to do it on? And there's a ton of stuff. I'm in the store. I could talk about one product for, you know, three minutes or four minutes or whatever, but my head wasn't wrapped around it. It organically and naturally happened that we've been getting a ton of custom key shape testimonial props and people love seeing everybody's props and people will watch to see if their prop that they ordered is in that pile because right. then they get to see it before they even get it. So that's our thing now. We call it custom live time. And so every time you have Nona hold up all the signs. Nona holds them all up. So people get to see Nona and um, we get to answer questions and now when people order, they're like, I want that pink one that you showed. And now we're like, okay, <laughs> right. which one? Um, but 
yeah, so it naturally just started to happen. And now we have that. So we've got that that we can do all the time. And then I can just add a few other things in there. So we're not always doing the same thing. But it's the same for real estate agents. When they're doing their live, there is one thing I want to say about this because we had an agent that kind of, well, if you're in a house, you know, I'm always saying, well, if it's your own listing or your own open house, obviously you have permission. But if you are showing a property and you are videotaping another agent's listing, right. just ask them for permission to post it because I don't know what the rules are in other states, so I won't speak to that. And I don't all the way know our rules about this. But basically when you're marketing, if you're showing another listing agent's listing, you're marketing their listing and you don't really have permission to do that. It seems like a small thing, but you know, just be courteous of the other agents. And I'm sure that if you called them or texted them and said, Hey, I just showed your property and I love it and I want to share it out, you know, live. Are you okay with that? They're going to be right. like, "Hell yeah. You're you're marketing my property. Thank you." But if you didn't and that agent sees their listing on your feed, right. they're going to be like, "Yo, you're marketing that like as if it's your own or whatever." And shout out, give a shout out to the listing agent or whatever. But just being courteous of one another and um, you know, making sure that you're getting the proper permission to do that because it is somebody's home. Right. Or you don't want the owner to see it and be like, yo, that's my house, you know. For other businesses that aren't real estate related, you also want to get people's permission, right? You don't Mm -hmm. want to be like in somebody's house, like fixing their electrical (laughs) work. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to do a live. And they can see like what's in their bedroom or something, you know, while you're fixing their their ceiling fan or something. Come rob them. Come come steal this huge TV. Exactly. Check out um, these super nice things. That's right. Uh, Another thing. On that same kind of line, if you're going to advertise to people to come to an open house or, you know, for a property or maybe you're a loan officer or something like that Mm -hmm. and you're advertising for that. Yeah. You can exclude other realtors, right? From the live? from the advertising. Oh, are you talking about Facebook ads? Yeah, if you're going to do Facebook or Instagram ads. I mean, you can do that with your post too. So, I mean, in some cases, if it's an open house or something, you probably want realtors to come anyway. But usually right. you have, like, Tuesday, you have one for the realtors, and then mm-hmm. the weekend is for your people. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Like, you can exclude other people in your industry from the advertising, and nobody oh. ever does that. So you're not right? paying for it or well, because yeah. you don't want them to see it? Both. Okay. Right? So, I mean, in some cases, you want them to see it. But let's say, I don't know, you're a HVAC contractor. Mm-hmm. You don't want to show your ad to all the other HVAC companies because, for starters – they can put crappy comments or something on it, or they can click on it and say, this post is not relevant, or I want to <laughs> oh. hide this, which jacks up your advertising cost. Right. Right. Or they take that and they go to their advertising guy and say, hey, can you make us an ad that looks like this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I saw this one on Facebook. Yeah. Because right? people yeah. bring me other people's ads all the time. Yeah. So what all you got to do is go into when you're advertising, tell your marketing person if you have one, or if you're running them yourself. Right. In the targeting where you pick who you're going to target, there's a little tiny little line underneath it that says exclusions. Okay. You click exclusions, and then you can use all of the same targeting, but it says don't show it to these people. Right. So I can be like, don't I want to show my HVAC ad to people. everyone in Portland right. unless they are HVAC, heating and air conditioning, you oh, know, cool. and you pick all the job titles that those would be. Okay. And then you're not wasting your advertising money spending it on them. Right. And they don't get to see your ad. Nice. Especially if you've got Or I can hire a hook SEO or... to do mine. <laughs> That's right. Truth. <laughs> Sorry. I, this is, I mean, this is all, and this is the kind of information, and this is how people get overwhelmed, especially realtors. And we always want to try to figure it out ourselves because we're trying to save a dollar. But is your time better spent trying to figure out what Matt is telling us about right here? Or is your time better spent meeting with a client or figuring out ways to get and hiring somebody to do that. So, but if you're good at Facebook and there are some agents that have learned it and figured it out, then these are all super great tips. My tip to you is to hire somebody that knows what they're doing. Cause this stuff, and you tell me this all the time that Facebook and Instagram stuff is changing what every day, once it's a week or something. At least Facebook, Actually Jasmine add, Starr told they, me it was uh, every day. Well, they update the interfaces for advertising every Thursday. Oh, man. See? But they don't make huge changes usually. But some days you go in there and you're like, oh, my God, what happened? <laughs> like, it's just different. <laughs> you're like, Matt I was running this Matt made me a video of week. how to go in there and look at stuff. And I was like, yeah, nope, I still yeah, don't get it. I'll pass. <laughs> so Greg wants to know if uh, any agents get angry when you actually show their custom orders on live feed. We have had um, – no, they, I haven't. we haven't had anybody get angry. But what we 
have had is people know now that we do the live Mm -hmm. and we're talking to them through the whole process. So Nona knows most everybody, you know, everybody because she's talking to them. But they'll be like, don't show this one on your live. So Nona will pull out the ones that people don't want to be seen for whatever reason. And so, no, we haven't. And the reason for that is because we send them when they purchase, they get a style guide because they're not designers, so they need help. So everybody is probably getting the same style, but guess what? We could do 100,000 custom key shapes, and you're never going to run into another agent with another custom key shape prop at closing or whatever. You're not going to run into somebody on the street with another key shape prop. It's just never going to happen. And you have to think about it. You know, there's... 2 million real estate agents in the United States, 1.2 realtor NAR members, but 2 million real estate agents, give or take, at any given time, agents out there. And it's the same thing that we have to tell ourselves, you know, we're not trying to get all 2 million up. Well, yes, I am at some point. But (laughs) right now, because I don't want to overwhelm myself, I want to start with my group of people that I know and and figuring that out. The customer journey is what we're doing right now in our strategy. But you know, even though Tracy in Portland is showing her, I mean, even in Portland, it's not, people see our stuff out there, but it's never the same thing. And especially with custom stuff. So on the style guide, everybody's picking from the same style guide. So there's going to be the same font. You can change it. You don't have to stick with the style guide, but short story or short answer to that is no, we haven't had anybody get angry. I've only seen out of all of the products that you have, I've only seen one in my neighborhood, and I've only seen one online. And I work with realtors for a living. Right. Right? Like, yeah. So I still have a lot of work to do. A, thanks, Matt, for reminding me that. (laughs) But also, too. Because the size of the market is so (laughs) enormous, right? Yeah. And it's unbelievable. You don't ever want to think that somebody else is doing the same thing. Don't worry about anybody else. Just worry about you and do you. You do you, boo. I'll tell you a story about figuring out how insanely large the United States population is, like how big I'm, markets right, are, right? Right. So I was with uh, David D'Angelo's car sales. Uh, he owns a car shop. They sell late model used luxury cars. Okay. So, and they also sell smart cars. They had a whole bunch of these smart cars. <laughs> of course. Right? Yeah. So for which parade was it? Was it the July, 4th of July? Fourth of July parade. parade. Not last yeah. year, but the year before. They so were, we all got all these smart cars together and we decorated them for the 4th of July. Yeah. And then we all drove around the parade route in these cars throwing candy. <laughs> We had to bring our own candy. It was for the Chamber of Commerce. So okay. we, we all brought our own candy. Yeah. I brought 20 pounds of candy. Oh, my god. I thought I was like, there's no way we're, we're gonna going to use it. We're going through it. Right? Yeah. I was out like halfway through. Oh, man. So there was block after block of people lining the streets three and four deep, right? And just over and over and over and over. And I'm like, okay, well, if I estimate there's like 500 people on a block face and there's two block faces on each side of the streets, 1,000 people every block, and we're going block after block after block after block, and every single one of them has a cell phone and they're all taking pictures, pictures and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, every single one of these people is on the internet, right? Right. Most, Almost all of them are on Facebook or Instagram, one or the other, right? There's very few people who aren't on social media. And even if they're not, they're doing Google searches for stuff. And you just look out, like stare at the blank. Yeah, I would even say blank faces, but it's phones, right? Because everybody's right. got their phone up in I front know. of their face to take a picture. Yeah. So no matter what your market is, yeah, there's more people. Yeah, right? realtors are, and of course, I'm obviously speaking to my people, my right? community, but real estate agents, I do hear it quite often. And it's the same in any other genre. I mean, restaurants, it's the same thing. Like, you can't worry about what the guy down the street, I mean, you, you want to know what's going on, but you can't base that into what you're doing because it doesn't have anything to do with you and how they're doing it is working for them and what you're doing you know you want what you're doing to work for you right. and if you're doing what somebody else is doing it's not going to work for you because it's not you so yeah i mean you can always borrow good ideas from other people yeah but i mean this is you got to make it your own this is definitely the information era where everybody is giving things away like information that they would have never given away before and What agents, you know, and another thing, another reason why I started All Things Real Estate is because we all work together. We're all co-agents at some point. In every single transaction, you are a co-agent to another agent. You need another, the other agent. So we're all in this together, A. And B, 
Yeah, there's some people that are just natural assholes, and that's just yeah. the way they're going mean, to be. There's no changing way. it. It's the 80-20 rule. Exactly. 20% of people are going to be unreasonable assholes <laughs> Don't be an no asshole. matter what. Right. So, you know, I think that – but at some point you're going to probably – and I mean, it's the one thing you think of when you have a bad transaction or if you came across somebody on social media, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to end up doing a transaction with that person, and then that's what? True. You know, and what if you're one of five offers that are in there and you're the best offer, but that agent doesn't like you. Right. And yeah, it's not ethical and they shouldn't do it, but everybody, you know, those kinds of things play it. in. Yeah. So, you know, we, we're all in this together. And I think that, and I'm seeing it a lot more where agents are finally starting to to relax a little bit on that. I think we've just been programmed for so long that we're all in competition with each other. And now I'm seeing a whole lot more camaraderie and, and social media has a lot to do with that and, you know, sharing ideas. And, and again, you can only sells so much by right. yourself. You know, you don't need 100 sales a year. Maybe your goal is 24 or whatever. So it's not like you can have it all anyway. Right. So there's enough to go around is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> right. And, you know, building your own personal brand up and talking mm-hmm. about, like, what are the things that are different about you versus other people? What yep. things do you like? You know, yeah. what's your family like? Are you a single person? Or, you know, do you have a big family? Or right. are you, what hobbies do you have? What are you out doing with the community? Right. All of these things go into your personal brand yeah. that makes you someone different than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And those people don't make decisions, buying decisions, based on the similarities of products or brands or people. They base their decisions on the differences. Right. So if you are different because you know everything about lake encroachments and you want to buy a house on a lake, right? you want that person, that right? You want the lady who knows all and about encroachments, And I bet there's a lake right? encroachment or, realtor that knows everything about that. Right. And the other realtors, by the way, should be referring those people to that lady. Right. <laughs> That's another thing that we really... Well, they can, you know, co-do the deal. I forget what they call it, real estate land, but... Personal branding, like if you're a company, like, you know, like the real estate store, like my company, Mm -hmm. right? We have specific things about our brand that we do. Yeah. And your brand is all about enhancing the look and feel of real estate, signage and apparel and all those things that you do. And our brand is about education. We write books, we do podcasts, we're at events, Mm -hmm. we're doing workshops and all of these things are about education. Yeah. Somebody else's brand might, maybe they're specifically the people who work with denture companies. Right. Which is fine. I There's mean, someone for everyone. So go work with the denture guy. Yeah. That's fine, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, like, but it is, it's it's the differences in the branding that really make it. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks their brand is their logo. Yeah. No. Your brand is, is you. you and your promise and how you fulfill that promise to your people. Yeah. And if you do a simple thing, like take a step back and see who your past last year's clients were look for a commonality because i bet there is one you know uh, maybe it's you know eight out of ten of them all had dogs or right. you know maybe 10 out of 10 are single moms or whatever so if you just take a step back a lot of times you get done with a deal and you're like okay on to the next one you right. know and then maybe you'll send them over for a card or something but it's more than that. Like you have so much data in your own customer base. If you just take a step back and look at that and really, I know I never did it. And I'm sure a right. lot of agents don't do it, but you have a tribe, you have a certain set of people that are going to naturally come to you. And what does every real estate agent ever want is to have people. I mean, when I would get a phone call and they were like, hey, I want to list my house. You know, when can you come by? You're like, right. oh my gosh, I didn't even have to work for that. But you have, you do, you've right. been working for it. You just have to, again, just take a step back and look at things in a different light or have somebody else look at your business. Obviously, that's always a good thing, too. I'm I'm meeting with a financial advisor on Monday. I'm scared to death. She's doing a <laughs> deep dive, but I need it in my business. I need to know how to get to that next level. And we all hit plateaus, and I totally feel like I'm there right now. And so I'm reaching out for help. And, yeah, I'm paying for it, but it's going to pay back, I'm sure, times 10, hopefully 100 but yeah, you need to have those those people that you hire to do things like this is not my office where we're recording right, right. now, right? Yeah. We hire out the studio where yes. we go to record it. Yes. And then we take the files and I give them to Dan and Dan edits them. Yep. Right. Yep. And then I post it to SoundCloud, right. who I hire, right. right, to host my stuff and yep. send it to all the other places like iTunes and CastBox mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Yep. You know, so that in the end... There's very little involvement 
beyond us just sitting here having a conversation. Right. And then Jim in Florida can say, Alexa, play Digital Marketing Masters podcast and right. it plays. Yeah. And, right. and also, too, this is something I really had to work on last year was, so I was doing things like, I'm the president, I'm the CEO, I'm the owner of my company, and I'm running out to Clackamas to pick up t-shirts. Right. And I was like, well, I don't remember, somebody must have hit me over the head and was like, why are you doing that? You, you know, you're worth at least $100 an hour. Mm-hmm. Pay a courier 15 bucks to go. But I was like trying to save a dollar, so I right. was doing it. So that was something that I never thought about it. I just naturally was like, I'll go grab it, you know, because I want the girls to be at the store working. And it would have been even cheaper to send somebody else at the store to go right, do it. Right. But as the owner, you think you have to do everything. And so, you know, you really want to think about that. What are you spending time on that you shouldn't be – your time is better spent. You know, you talked about time blocking. I am not a time right. blocker. You showed me your phone. I was like, oh, my God, I can't do that. But hearing those ideas and, and not everything's going to work for you, but – some things are. And so in every real estate agent is a mini company. Right. You're all little corporations. It is a business. You are running a business. And it's the same with like makers. You know, somebody makes jewelry and they're selling it online. Well, guess what? Now you're you're a business. I mean, even if you were making the jewelry and selling it to a wholesaler to sell it, you're still a business. So you have to be business minded. And if you're not, then hire somebody to do it for you. Otherwise, it's going to be a flop. It'll right. fail. You're all little businesses, so you got to treat it as a business. Exactly. And so I'm going to cut you guys off there, and we're going to ask a couple of quick questions. Perfect. They're okay. going to be yes and I no could answers. I go on and on and on. We could. We could talk about <laughs> branding is huge, I right? I need to be reined in all the time. Branding and making sure that your business is standing out the way you want it to stand out yes. is a full-time job in and of itself. It is. And being a business owner, you're, you're trying, like you just said, you're trying to do everything, but you need to know when you need to hire it out, when you need to do it yourself, et cetera. Yes. So... Here's a couple of questions that people want to know about like Facebook versus Instagram. Mm, yes. First thing, should I use hashtags on Facebook, Matt? No. Easy <laughs> enough. Uh, what is this? What is getting the most engagement on Facebook right now? Video is definitely getting the most engagement, but skipping back to the hashtag question briefly, <laughs> it's okay to use a hashtag if it's too like... If it's a cute you can't, thing. Yeah, like you can't you can't use like bold or italics on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So say you wanted something to stand out, like a word to stand out, yeah. you could use a hashtag for it. But the algorithm is going to penalize you for using a hashtag. Mm-hmm. So you will actually get less reach when you have hashtags in, which here's the problem. People put their stuff on Instagram and have it automatically posted back to Facebook. Yeah. And then if you're doing it right on Instagram, then you've got a ton of hashtags in your post which means your Facebook post gets a ton of hashtags in it, and the algorithm looks at that and says, people don't like to see hashtags on Facebook, so I'm not going to show it to anybody. So here's what I learned yesterday about hashtags, and I'm crushed. I follow Jasmine Starr, and if anybody is a business person, follow her. She does a whole lot of things, and it gets a little overwhelming, but I always take away something every time I watch her live. Anything she does, I can name off 10 things she does. But she said that, so what I do is on my Instagram, I make the hashtags the, the first comment so that it's not in the body of the post, not just for posting to Facebook purposes, but also because I just don't like it being in the right. – in, it doesn't look good. Don't do that. Don't do what? Put it as the first <laughs> comment? put it in the comment. Hey, that was a question. Uh, okay, but see, here's the thing is that for <clears throat> me, I use hashtags because I know – I use the hashtags I use are like – Keller Williams, Remax, Better Homes and Garden, Next Home. Like I use company hashtags because I know those realtors are going to search their own hashtags for their company. But then I heard yesterday that the same thing with the algorithm thing is that you'll get penalized if you're using the same hashtags every time because what people will do is use Instagood or Instagram or whatever that doesn't. So if it doesn't pertain to the post, so if you're posting a picture of food and you're hashtagging chihuahuas, then oh that was a bad bad example. Right. If you're hashtagging <laughs> unless you uh, want to eat chihuahuas, then it's okay. no Chinese food. No. But or if if you're hashtagging real estate and and it's a food post, then Instagram is going to penalize you for that. And also using the same hashtags all the time. So now what do I do? If I use the same hashtags so, because but what they're saying is that Instagram is going to remove my content at some point. They're going to catch on to me. I don't think that's entirely true. Okay. So. Well, for starters, let's talk about putting hashtags in your posts versus comments. Yes. What happens is 
when you hit submit on your post, like you hit the button to post it, okay, the algorithm at that point analyzes your post and then decides, it gives it a score. And that score, I put that in quotes for people oh, who man. can't see it, is called edge rank. So it gives it an edge rank score. And then things with higher edge rank get seen by people first. And the lower the edge rank, the later they will see it. Does But do okay. hashtags help or make it worse? Hashtags help. Okay. okay. But if you put in no hashtags or just one or two, because you're going to put the rest in the comments, then it's going to get a lower score for topics, like for people who are searching or interested in topics that you're hashtagging, because yeah, yeah. it can't see them because it's not in the post. Who can't see them? The algorithm can't see them. Oh. Because you haven't put them in not yet. Not the real people. So when then you go back and you post them in the comments. But do I care? It makes them later searchable. But it doesn't count towards the score that your post gets that makes it decide if somebody's going to see it or not. So what happens is when you don't put them in the main post, you get a worse edge rank score and less people see your post. Okay, but here's the thing. I don't use it for that purpose. Maybe I should, maybe I should right. because I have Instagram ads, right? I use them for the Remax agent who is sitting at home or at open house, whatever, is scrolling right. and decides to click on hashtag open house or hashtag Remax. And then they see my post in that hashtag. But is do that... they see it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, I, unless... you want to test it. Oh, right? yeah. No, I totally, I yeah. always go and check. But, but yeah, they're searchable. So hashtags are searchable in comments for search. Or if somebody clicks a hashtag and they see everything under that hashtag. Yeah. Right. So they can go back and go through and scroll through all those posts. Yeah. But the more it's used, it's not in order of when it was posted. The algorithm can shuffle it. Yeah, totally. And the ones that it thinks rank higher get shuffled higher. Yeah. So this is so. if you're only using it for search, you can put it in the comments <laughs> so if you want to. But the Hire best thing to is take care to put them you. in. Yeah, the best thing is to put them in your post. Just put them in the post. It looks so terrible. Put, I mean, I do the dot, 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 so it goes further down, but. So study was done on that also. <laughs> On putting the dot, dot, dot versus not putting the dot, 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 just leaving a blank line or okay. putting an emoji first or whatever. Yeah. It made no difference to reach. Okay, so I can. It may be different for to, to engagement. They didn't test that. I can space it so yeah, that people don't see it, it so in the they don't see it as post. Much. The best thing, though, according to studies that were done, is like if the hashtags are organic in the way that you're talking about whatever you're posting. So say I was posting about my cup of coffee, and I would be like, I was really tired this morning, but I had this hashtag coffee and it really got things going. You know, that's the best kind of hashtag because it's really it's, it reads into a natural language. <sighs> OK, so what about this? We repost our Instagrams. Obviously, that's what we do. Um, people hashtag all things real estate in their posts when they have our products. And then that's how we see it. So we right. use a hashtag for a purpose. We ask our customers to use it so that we can find our right. posts. So I search hashtag all things real estate every day. And then I go in and save all those. Quick tip, you guys, the little ribbon on the right-hand side of every post, that's a save button. It goes into your save. So they will have hashtags in their posts that pertain to their area. And I always take those out because I use my own. Should right. I now just start leaving those hashtags in there or does that matter? I don't think there's any reason to unless the But what if it's a good one? What if it's like Nashville agent? Yeah, like if it's related to other agents, then But yes. then the same post is going to be in that hashtag twice. Their post and my post. Right. Same picture. That's fine. It's not weird. I think. It would be weird if there's 20 of them. Oh, man, but I got to figure Don't do it 20 times. That bad. Just do it twice. It'll <laughs> yeah. be fine. Well, we're going to talk more right, on right. the next episode about Facebook and Instagram anyway. So we can, we can skip on to the to next me. one. Okay, good. Next question. Can you still get website visitors on Facebook? Hardly ever. Hardly ever. <laughs> Organically. We don't need much more explanation than that. Well, if you pay for ads, that's a different story. Mm. Wait, what was the question? Can you still get website visitors from Facebook? So people... Going to their profile and clicking on the website. Mm -hmm. Right, or they're clicking on a link People in a post. People don't do that anymore? So the the latest stats that came out, I saw them. Um, I always do Rand that. Fishkin is the previous CEO of Moz, which is a search company. M-A-Z-E? Yeah, M-O-Z. Oh. And uh, it used to be called SEO Moz back in the day. Okay. He's actually just wrote a book called uh, Lost and Founder because he started a, a new company. <laughs> but it's about founding companies and funding and all these things. Is it for founder? Startups. Yeah, Lost and Founder. 
I know, but is the company called Founder? No, it's oh. called um, so Spark Turo me. is the name of his company. Oh, okay. It's a marketing we company. We digress. Yeah, we digress. So anyway, <laughs> the guy knows stuff about search is what I'm getting at, okay. right? So his latest statistics that he posted was the engagement rate of organic posts on Facebook for businesses okay. is 0.09% <laughs> is the average. So you guys have a much higher one because you do lives and you post videos and, and all kinds of other stuff, right? Okay. So your actual total engagement is quite high compared to the average on Facebook. But the average is 0 0.09. Like it's terrible. That means if you have a 1,000 fans, nine people will click the like button or comment or click on your link. Okay. Okay. So of it. all the engagement there is, though. Clicking through a link to see what the post is is the lowest of those. Wow. So usually that's about 10% of your engagement. So at 0.9%, if you had 1,000 people who see your post that are fans of your page, one of them is going to click the link. That I put in the post? Right. Really? I mean, yours and is you know higher because your engagement is higher. I know, but do you know how many people say, where can I order that? Like the website in the right, post. Right, you click the yep. button on the post. <laughs> But, but then we go back and comment, on, and I right? give them the direct link, and and right. it's fine because then I'd rather connect with them that I, way. Honestly, I think people click links and comments more than they do on the links in the posts. Yes. I do. Yeah. Especially lives. Yeah. Right. All right. So that kind of goes into the are Facebook ads worth it? And Yes. Yeah. And I will say, uh, let me comment since I'm not the SEO guy. I listened to a um, Gary Vaynerchuk did... I didn't even know about this conference. I was so bummed until afterwards and watched his live. And uh, it's called a uh, Agent 2021. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's just so many conferences. How do I keep track of them all? But anyway, this guy, he was taking questions from the audience. And this guy said, I spent $9,000 in Facebook ads. And this year I wanted for his budget last year. And, um, and it made me $90,000, I think he said. In com like that was his. Right. I hate to say in commissions because then I don't want confused people because a commission check in income means very little. Yeah, <laughs> income. Thank you. And so he said, "Should I this year? I'm working on my budget, and I think I want to do mailers. Should I cut my Facebook budget in half and do mailers, or should I? You know?" And Gary said, "No." And he was like. Okay, but what? No, you have already yeah. told me in two seconds that you're proven that your Facebook ads were working. Why would you throw money anywhere else? Why not just throw more money at that and watch it, you know, right. double it or whatever. $90,000 Turn it into $900,000. Exactly, exactly. And so I keep telling myself that. And I rely on Matt too. I mean, we have obviously a budget and all that. And I'm like, well, and we'll try things. But I just yesterday asked him, you know, okay, well, we were comparing last year's um, February to this year's and we were a little bit lower. And I was like, Ugh. and he was like, yeah, but you spent less in ads last year. So, you know, it's all, it's a necessary evil, but right now, and I don't know how long it's going to last. It's all in Facebook ads. If you have the engagement that we talked about earlier, you have to do. If you have the engagement you on your do page, the work. yes, that increases a thing that Facebook calls advertiser score. Mm -hmm. And when your advertiser score goes up, your cost to reach people goes down. Yeah, and then you can have more people click on your ads for less money. Right, which means that you can get more sales for less advertising cost. Right. And here's another thing too, you guys, with the lives, like I know that most people just hate being in front of the camera and so do I, but I did it today. The more you do it, the easier it gets, but you don't always have to have your face on the camera. You can turn it to the house. You know, you can be in a neighborhood, you could be walking the dog and having the camera turned on the houses in the neighborhood and just, you know, be like, oh, I'm walking through the Brooklyn neighborhood today and here's some cute houses and oh, look, there's one for sale or whatever. So it doesn't always have to be your face talking. And scale it. To your audience. Yes. So, and what I mean by that is, like, we do social media marketing for our, an apparel store, mm -hmm. and we post probably twice a day, seven days a week for them on social media organically, as well as doing ads. Okay. But that's 14 posts a week. But right. here's the thing. They got more than 14 new products a week. Right. So every person who's following them goes, oh, my God, those shoes are super cute, or <laughs> I want to get these socks, super or whatever cute. it is, right? Yes. And, and, and so that's fine for them. Yeah. But it, if to go back to like a service industry example, if you're an electrician, yeah. you don't need to be posting 14 times a week on Facebook. Right. Like 
one is enough, probably. Right. Maybe two if you're really pushing it. Right. Right? Like, But work on that yeah. post. You can tag people in it. Because the algorithm is going to show it to people anyway yeah. if it's your best post. Right. So instead of doing 14 crappy posts, right. do one really good, good one. Good one. And you'll get more bang for your buck. And then people won't get annoyed with you posting so much. Yeah, and then and, and not everybody wants to hear about your electrician business every day. Every minute of every day, right. But they might like it if you're like you're on a job site and you're doing some work and you yeah. like something weird happens or you see something odd or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You take a picture of it and you're like, oh, my God, check it out. I found a bird nest in this electrical <laughs> yeah. thing, right? The best, whatever, right? Uh, w- the best post that I keep seeing, I don't know why, but it went viral. But the gardener that almost ran over the baby bunnies in the ground, he showed that it looks like, basically it looks like two burnt parts of grass. It's dead grass, mm-hmm. but he lifted it up, and there were baby bunnies underneath. So he was oh. like, I mean, it was a See? education. Don't run, don't mow over the bunnies. Yeah. But yeah, same thing. That's your education. You never moment. know. You never. Gold. The more you know, you just never know what's gonna. You know what's gonna vir- go viral. He's not. Wasn't talking about like how to fertilize the grass. He was right. like, watch out for the bunnies. And who doesn't right. love baby bunnies? Everybody loves baby bunnies. They're so cute. It's true. All right. So thank you, Tracy, for joining us for yeah, this. Yeah. Thanks for having me. We're gonna next week or the next episode. We're gonna talk about social media for small business. And we're also going to talk about some of the gurus out there telling people what to post, when to post it, why to post it, et cetera, et cetera. And we're going to try to dispel some of the myths behind that and why it does or does not work. So join us this next week and we'll talk to you later. So bye, guys. Bye. Bye. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcon. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Episode eight is going to be about social media for small businesses. There are a lot of so-called gurus out there telling people what to post and when to post it. We'll separate the truth from the myths. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.